Okay, so the word that I have for you today is about joy and um, and just living in the joy of the Lord in our joyful identity in Christ. Okay, so um, let's see here. Psalm 16, verse 5. It says, Lord, you alone are my portion and my cup. You make my lot secure. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. I will praise the Lord who counsels me. Even at night my heart instructs me. I will keep my eyes always on the Lord. With Him at my right hand I will not be shaken. Therefore my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body also will rest secure. Okay. Um, because you will not abandon me to the realm of the dead, nor will you let your faithful one see decay. You make known to me the path of life, and you fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. Okay, so that's so powerful. So he says here, I will keep, I keep my eyes always on the Lord. With him at my right hand I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body also will rest secure. Okay, so keeping your eyes on Jesus. Um, there is so much joy in that, especially if you have a revelation of the joy that Jesus has. You know, uh, in his presence is the fullness of joy. That's, that's amazing. So joy is supernatural. So joy is not just... A happy feeling it is it is a supernatural maybe I shouldn't say it like that but like a force it is the um, the manifested presence of God it is the presence of God it is it is the reality of Jesus so joy is powerful joy is one of the fruits of the Holy Spirit so um, so joy really carries authority um, in the spirit if you are filled with joy you you move mountains. Um, also, joy is outward focused. So joy just takes your eyes off of yourselves, self, and and puts it on Jesus. So now, if we go into Philippians, let me just find Philippians here. Um, I'm using the NIV. So let me just find Philippians. Um, if you ever wonder, it's Galatians, Ephesians. Philippians, Colossians. So if you can remember that, there's Colossians. Okay, Philippians 4, verse 4. So um, this says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, Present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace 
will be with you. Okay, so this is just a powerful book about joy. So um, scripture is anointed. So the presence of God rests upon <laughs> the word of God. Okay, so when God speaks to you from the scripture, so it's not an intellectual thing, you're not trying to figure out the Bible, you are reading until God speaks to you, okay, and until something comes alive to you. So the words that Jesus speaks, they are spirit and life. So scripture in itself is anointed, and what I found on the book of Philippians, there is a, you can call it an importation of joy when you read it. Um, it, it I think it really speaks about Paul rejoicing in the Lord in the midst of quite quite interesting times uh, in tough times he was rejoicing in the Lord and uh, and so um, Philippi I think that is in the context of Paul and Barnabas worshiping in the prison and the prison's walls breaking you know that there was a, like an earthquake and and the shackles were broken and everything like that so um, so that is the power of joy. And so he's writing to the church in that city. Um, so there's definitely, definitely a context to that. So now if we go to Romans 12, verse 12, it says, Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. So again, joy. Um, joy is powerful, and you can literally ask the Father to fill you with joy. Um, joy is, is also the manifest presence of the Holy Spirit. So when you ask Him to fill you with the Holy Spirit, you can, He fills you with joy. But you can ask specifically, Lord, fill me with your joy. Um, so I, I once heard a, a guy speak about this. He, like God, gave him this revelation that it's not, um, it's not, like my own joy, that is my strength. It is the joy of the Lord that is my strength. So it is not in me trying to work up joy. It is me surrendering to the joy of the Lord and receiving joy, um, a joy unspeakable and full of glory. So he was sharing how he was maybe feeling a little bit negative and he just asked the Father to fill him with joy and his whole... His whole um, you know, perspective on the day changed and, and something changed inside of him. And so that is, that's the power of joy is, is it puts your eyes on Jesus. And Jesus is full of joy. And, um, and it's good to have a revelation of Jesus as the joyful one. Um, because then you really do connect with that joy. And that's why you're hearing this message. Um, I just believe God is import, imparting joy. You know, even when you uh, preach, that's sort of why I do these podcasts. It is, it is good. Um, it's well, there's just it's a win-win situation because the people hearing, they get blessed, and I get blessed by sharing the word, and I grow and you know learn how to put things together, and it's just it's just awesome to do something like this. So even if you don't feel confident to publish it yet, maybe you should just try to record yourself sharing what God's been sharing with you just to learn how to articulate the Word of God, how to put things together. And, and you'll find that um, concepts and ideas and different things that God has shared with you, uh, maybe if, uh, if you've been sitting under a ministry where good, great Word is preached, 
when you actually start to share from your heart, from the things that God has placed in your heart, um, things just start to come together and, and there it's something beautiful happens. So yeah, I, so I believe really as I'm, I'm sharing this, I'm just looking for scriptures about joy. And as I'm doing that, I believe God is imparting joy to you and joy is flowing through me and, and, and to me too. So um, that's the power of the word. A word of God, um, when we submit it to the Spirit of God, and we ask the Spirit of God to move through us, or we live a yielded life and we speak, the Spirit of God rests upon our words. And so when we speak words under the anointing, um, that is what you need to listen for in a sermon. Um, those words. Uh, the things that God is saying, because those words carry an impartation of the very presence of God for your life. Okay, so the Spirit of God is in you, but there is grace on that word, and when it, when it, when you open your heart to it, it connects, and there, the it's like the very word carries the presence of Jesus. He's, it's like you eat the bread of life. Okay, so he's imparting himself to you. So he is the bread of life, but his words, he is the word and his words impart um, the bread of life to you. Okay, so joy, joy is powerful and it's really, um, yeah, it's really, a, a really a big part of, of Christianity is, is joy. Um, joy causes you to really rule and reign. It, it gives, it's powerful. It's powerful. And now joy is one of the fruits of the Holy Spirit. So now if we go to, um, let me just find it here. Yeah, joy, joy is one of the fruits of the Holy Spirit. Um, so now if we, if we speak about fruit, um, fruit is born as you abide in the vine. So as you fellowship with Jesus, as you drink from the river of life, the fruit is there. So the fruit is an overflow. Okay? We can desire the fruit. <laughs> we can desire love. And all of the fruit is in love. So, so we can have a desire for the fruit of the Spirit and we can pursue it. But it is not something that we try to bear in our own strength. We bear fruit because of fellowship. Just realize it is the fruit of the Holy Spirit. So, um, so fruit is the result of fellowship, but it's His fruit. So it's not me trying to bear His fruit on my own. Like, I need to bear fruit now, you know. Uh, yes, the Father is glorified when we bear much fruit, but it is not, it's not our fruit, it's His fruit in us. And so when we yield to His Holy Spirit, we bear much fruit, okay? So I want to prophesy this over you, is that you will bear much fruit and, uh, and that you will have fellowship with the Spirit. And now if we look at Galatians 5 verse and 22, it says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh 
with his passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become con conceited, provoking, and envy envying each other. Okay, so the word says, if you walk according to the Spirit, you will not fulfill the desires of the flesh. Now, the, the desires of the flesh are listed just before the fruit of the Spirit, or the, the acts of the flesh. Okay, how do we walk in the Spirit? Um, well, it is having a hunger and a desire for righteousness. It is being mindful, mindful of the things which are above. Set your minds on things which are above. But I want to share with you uh, an easy way or, or the way we walk in the Spirit um, is by having a revelation of forgiveness. Okay, um, Forgiveness... Believing that you are forgiven and forgiving others is maybe one of the most spiritual things you can do. Um, having a revelation of forgiveness. Forgiveness removes the veil of the law. Okay? So when the law is read, a veil lies according to the hearts and minds. So what the law does is it puts your emphasis on, uh, on everything that you need to do to reach some kind of standard. Okay? So it is self-focused. Uh, it is flesh-focused, okay? So it deals with the flesh. It's like, don't do this, do this, don't do this. And it's, it's sort of fighting yourself. That's the things. You have this desire, but you don't want to do it. So, but there's this, this internal struggle. That's what the law does. And that it is also walking according to the flesh. It is a lower way of thinking. Because you're not aware of Jesus, you are aware of, um, well, the law makes you aware of sin. Okay, so um, 2 Corinthians 3 says, Whenever the law is read, a veil lies on their hearts and their minds. But when anyone turns in repentance to the Lord, the veil is stripped off and taken away. Okay, so, um, so hearing the message of the gospel, putting our eyes on Jesus, fellowship with the Spirit, time in the Word, praying in the Holy Spirit, all of these ways of putting our eyes on Jesus, putting our eyes on the Lord who is the Spirit, so having fellowship with the Holy Spirit, um, He removes the veil, okay? So we start, what happens is the veil of the law is removed, and we start to see in the Spirit. We start to see who Jesus is and our hope in Christ. Our hope is not a futuristic thing in the sense that we don't have it yet, um, as if it's not our possession. God, Jesus has given us an inheritance. Okay. The thing is, is we need to receive that inheritance. So it is there, but it's in the unseen. It is in the Spirit. And so when our eyes open and we start to see Jesus and we start to see everything that is given to us, and we can start to act according to it in faith. So we see the joy, the peace, the righteousness, the provision, the healing. Uh, we see the truth because our eyes are open, because the veil of the law is removed. And that those things start to flow in our lives. Okay, so that is the power of forgiveness. Um, forgiveness, the blood of Jesus is forgiveness. So forgiveness, God isn't still deciding every time if he wants to forgive you. Um, your foundation of forgiveness is the blood of Jesus. So it's the substance of the forgiveness. So yes, you can, you can ask God for forgiveness, 
in a certain situation, if something is on your conscience bothering you, uh, but when you bring it to him, what it act, what's actually happening is he is ministering to you the forgiveness that was given on the cross. So he says, I forgive you. Uh, and what happens is that, that you let go of that thing and it's, it's removed from your conscience. Okay, it's removed from your life. So you receive the grace. But you are forgiven. Okay, so in your spirit, soul, and body. So, so you are a three-part human being. Okay, your spirit seated with Christ in heavenly places. You are washed clean. And from God's side, He sees you as pure and holy, forever completely cleansed. If you, can, you can read Hebrews 10. Um, he has forever completely cleansed and perfected those who are consecrated and made holy. If I quoted that right, you can check the Amplified. Okay, so um, the Amplified Bible translation. So, um, so, yeah, so you are forgiven because you believe in Jesus. You receive the sacrifice. But now daily, as you hear that truth and your mind is renewed, to the fact that you are forgiven. Um, what happens is that um, the, the, as that veil is removed, you are having fellowship with the Holy Spirit. So it is like you are, you are drinking from the river of life. So you're not hiding behind a veil anymore. That veil isn't over your eyes. So now, now suddenly there is a face-to-face -face fellowship. So, um, so it's, God never changed towards you, but it's like you didn't see. So you were hiding. You were hiding behind the veil. But what happens is the veil is removed and now you have fellowship. And so suddenly, you're not, it's not suddenly your own strength like you're trying not to sin. What happens is the, um, the, it's like a tap. The tap is now open and the water is flowing. So it just displaces everything else. So suddenly there is a um, holiness isn't now now just in saying no to something, saying yes, there is place for that. There's place for wisdom and self-control uh, in a moment. But it starts to become easy. Why do I say that? The Spirit of God has an influence on your soul. And that influence is, is God's power and that power displaces other influences. Okay, so the power of the Holy Spirit, the holiness of God comes in it. The, the beauty of Jesus, that's what I mean when I say holiness, is it, is it is what is beautiful about God, what is pure about God, comes and it touches your body, it touches your soul, and it displaces anything, any sin, any um, desires that is not of God. So now you have a holy desire. So now you're not fighting a, another desire. If that fight is still there, don't yield to it. Um, receive wisdom, receive self-control. Your mind is still being renewed to the place where that desire is not there anymore because of being surrendered to the Spirit. And if the desire come, you turn to Him, you receive grace. Okay? So if that desire is there, there's still an influence of the law somewhere. And it's okay. Just keep hearing. Keep hearing the gospel. Because the law stirs up the sinful desire. If I tell you, don't think of a purple dinosaur, a purple donkey. 
what is the first thought that comes to your mind? That very thing that I told you not to do. That's what the law does. So it's like I'm giving you a, um, you're hungry. You haven't eaten for 40 days. And now I give you an apple, but it is rotten. And it's, ugh. <laughs> that thing is desirable to you. But I say to you, don't eat it. But inside you're like, I want it. But the other approach that we have now, when, when the Spirit of God influences us, it's like I'm giving you a steak. <laughs> and you can eat as much of that steak as you want. Uh, and and so, so the other thing doesn't have any draw to you. Steak and salad and everything you want with that, even healthy apples and stuff. That other a bad apple doesn't have a, a pull on you as much anymore because you become satisfied in something else. And so that's, that's how this thing works. The law puts all the emphasis on your power and ability to not do something or to do something. Grace puts the power to, to just do something that is godly there for you and, and puts the power and the desire there for you. So suddenly you have a desire to honor your um, brother, brothers and sisters in Christ. Suddenly you have a desire for purity and holiness. Suddenly you have a desire to live a, a consecrated life because you are in love with God. So it's different. It's not you fighting against yourself. It is surrendering to the Holy Spirit. And that is what it means to walk in the Spirit. Um, to walk in the Spirit means that the Spirit of God is the influence in your life. And the way that influence flows is through forgiveness. It's through knowing that you are forgiven. Forgiveness puts you in a place where you are experiencing fellowship with the source of life so remember you are forgiven if you believe you'll always be forgiven if you believe if you believe in the blood of jesus he's made you righteous okay so that forgiveness is your new identity um, you are forgiven that is your platform so you're not working towards that you can grow in a revelation of it you can receive it for yourself but you are forgiven before god he sees you as holy Okay, he sees you as pure. And as you, as you have that revelation, what happens is your eyes open and you start to fellowship with Jesus. And that's what forgiveness does. And fellowship with Jesus, you having an open conversation without shame with Jesus, what happens is suddenly there is a flow of life, that spiritual influence that displaces the works of the flesh that displaces the influence of the law and so now you are under the influence of grace and it's like it changes you from the inside and so it's an active thing is you seek out the face of god so it's not just you doing nothing um there is place to just rest and let god love you but you seek out his presence you spend time in the word so you're not reading the Bible for God to approve you more. You are seeking out the mysteries which are in Christ. So you see it's different. It's not under the law reading Bible trying to become approved to God. Or you pray in tongues, but you don't pray to become more righteous. You pray because you are righteous and you want to you experience more of the Spirit. So again, the one is a law mentality where you're trying to achieve your righteousness. The other one is grace 
It is, I am righteous and this is how I receive grace. So you're learning how to make withdrawal, uh, withdrawals from your account, like a, a bank card that goes to an ATM. You take that card, you put it in the machine, and what happens is as you put it in the machine, you're making a withdrawal and it's giving, it's like you're drawing money. So, so the different things we do, hearing that we are forgiven, hearing the gospel, spending time in the word, praying in tongues, praying in general, ministering to others, ministering grace, you know, laying our hands on the sick, um, all of these different things, intimate alone time with Jesus, worship, all of those ways connect you with the grace of God. And it's like, it's like you open the tap in your home and the water flows. Okay? So it's that flow that you want. And when that water flows, you have access to it always. But is the tap open? Are you receiving the grace? And the grace is received by having confidence towards God and seeking out His face and hearing His voice. And so when you know that you are forgiven, it's very easy to hear his voice and to distinguish what is him and what is not. Because, because you have a clear conscience and you just know, it's, it just becomes clear. So you can still hear God's voice anytime because he's in you. Um, but it becomes so easy to discern what is his voice and what is not. Because the voice of condemnation and shame and all of that leaves your life by hearing that you are forgiven. So I want to declare over you today is if you have received Jesus in your life, um, that your sins are forgiven, that there is no condemnation for you, even if you just messed up, you are forgiven, okay? You are righteous, okay? So God is calling you to a holy life. But the only way to do that is by knowing you are forgiven where you are right now. So you have a clean slate. You are washed in the blood of Jesus. Now you can come to Him. And because you can come to him, that is where you receive the help to, to live in freedom from whatever happened in your life, whatever, whatever situation you're in now. So the forgiveness restores the fellowship. And it's in the fellowship that the freedom, freedom comes. Okay. So God wants you to experience freedom. So where you are right now, you are forgiven. But you are called for something greater. But I declare over you, your sins are forgiven. Um, so just on that, think about a very nice sports car. That car is not made to drive on a um, on a dirt road with very big rocks and big holes. And you know, you need a four by four for that. Let's say a four by four track. Okay, uh, that car is not made to drive on that on that road. Um, it's it's not going to end well <laughs> on that road, okay? But if you put that car on a decent racetrack, it just it just goes. You can drive and drive and drive. And, and it's living out its purpose. It's doing what will give life to it, okay? So we were created for life. We were created for the fruit of the Spirit, we were not created for the works of the flesh. Okay. But it is so it's good to have this awareness that God did not create us for those things. And he's also he's also those things don't please him. He still loves us, but the things in themselves are outside of his nature. He is light, that is darkness. Okay. So um 
so God made you to live a life of holiness and freedom, a life consecrated to Him. It's a very, it's actually a very broad road, okay? So there's one way, it's Jesus, but there's a lot in Him, a lot more than you can ever imagine, okay? So um, it will satisfy the desires of your heart. It will give you life. So God didn't make you for the other things. Um, it will never give you life, um, the other things, okay? But now if you're there and you're sort of stuck in the other things, okay, that's your experience, okay? That's not who you are. In Christ, you are free, okay? So we need to disconnect our experience or what we do from who we are, okay? You are holy because you believe. So forgiveness became your identities. I am forgiven. This is not who I am. The more you disassociate from that and receive God's grace, the freedom comes into your heart. And, and you grow in your capacity to receive grace. Okay, so the forgiveness, what the forgiveness does is in the midst of that, um, the, the thing is those things manifest darkness, manifest shame and condemnation and all of that. But in the midst of that, having a revelation of forgiveness, what does it do? The forgiveness is, okay, I'm forgiven. God is not holding this against me. Okay? Those, those things try to, try to tell you God is, but it's not true. Okay? And that's why we shouldn't go down that road, because that's what happens with those things, is the condemnation and the shame and all of that. But God doesn't want that to be in our lives. God wants forgiveness to be in our lives. So if you are there... And you are able to hear from Jesus. You are forgiven. Put on a sermon. Put on some of these podcast messages. If you made, just made a mistake. Hear that you are forgiven. And then ask Jesus to help you. To help you. To give you grace. Give you his power. Okay? And the only way that you have confidence to ask and really receive. Is if you know that you are forgiven. Okay? So the forgiveness isn't a license to sin. You see what I'm, what I'm saying is, is those things are still wrong. Sin is sin. It will never give you life. Okay. But the blood of Jesus is the blood of Jesus. And the blood of Jesus is what saves you from that. What doesn't save you beating yourself up or condemning yourself or trying to make up for your sin by doing a few right things, that's not what's going to save you. What's going to save you is receiving the forgiveness, receiving the blood of Jesus. And when you receive that forgiveness, you have confidence to go to God and you receive His help. And He can heal whatever is in your heart that caused that very thing. Whatever, whatever thing that, that you actually needed, that you were trying to fill up with things of the world, God wants to give that to you. And that happens by knowing you are forgiven. Okay, so that's why forgiveness is such a, a powerful, um, powerful reality in the life of a Christian, um, is that constantly hearing us, I'm forgiven, the blood of Jesus washed me, meditating on the blood of Jesus, meditating on the cross, meditating on the love of God for you. Um, th when I say meditate, I mean thinking. What am I thinking of? Thinking thinking of the Bible, thinking of the scriptures, thinking of the cross of Jesus, thinking of the things he said to me, thinking of the prophecies. All of that will cause me to, to have fellowship. And that is how I walk in the Spirit. 
So I'm not focused on the flesh. Again, that's the big thing is getting our eyes off of the things <laughs> and focusing on something that is better. And what is better is the beauty of Jesus than maybe, maybe some immoral things. So it's not trying and not doing it, okay? If it's there, if the temptation is there, resist it by receiving grace, okay? Receive grace. But I'm, I'm, I'm speaking about your long-term freedom here. So the way you live in freedom is by having a revelation of forgiveness. So you're not, it's not having a dependency on your self-effort constantly, okay? Your own strength run, runs out, but His strength in you will never run out. So when you yield and you rest in His strength, let His strength flow through you, what happens is it gives life to you. So life flows to you. Life flows through you when you minister to others, when you forgive others. And there is this flow of life. Because eternal life means to know Jesus, to have fellowship with Him. So the Spirit flows through you. And when the Spirit flows th through you, the fruit of the Spirit come. And those fruit are contrary to the works of the flesh. So the joy, like we were speaking about, the peace, the love, the kindness, the gentleness. When you yield to that and that starts to flow in your life because of knowing that you're forgiven. And because of that forgiveness, having fellowship with Jesus, um, that what happens is that that flows through you and it displaces other desires and other things. So, um, so if I can explain the purity and the holiness of God, it is the purity of Jesus is, it's, it is in not doing certain things and doing that, but it, that's not the focus. The, that's the result. The purity of Jesus, it's like a blanket of God's presence that rests upon you, that, that keeps your eyes and your heart free from things in the world. Okay, So that thing loses influence over you. And the, the Spirit of God is the influence. Okay, So that is, it's supernatural. It is the presence of God. And that comes to you in, in relationship and in having a hunger for righteousness, having a hunger um, to not yield to the flesh, but to yield to the spirit and, and hearing the word of forgiveness. So I think that's clear. So that w that's what joy does. Joy is, joy is put your eyes on Jesus. Love, put your eyes on Jesus. Peace, put your eyes on Jesus. Uh, and, and when you rejoice in the Lord, suddenly there is, it's powerful because you are seeing him. So this is how, how this influence thing works. It's literally like what you are aware of is what influences you. Okay, so we're not going to deny your reality, okay, but we deny it a place of influence. So if you're experiencing some kind of reality in your life, you don't need to deny it, okay? But there is a higher truth that is greater than that reality, and we want to major on that. So if you're experiencing something, it's okay, you're experiencing him. But it is not truth as God sees it. Truth as God sees it is in Christ you are healed. You are free, you are righteous, and you are pure. And you identify with that. And as you receive that word, you identify, you believe that by the stripes of Jesus, I am healed. What happens is that is your identity. And from that place of identity, the situation changes. So it is focused on a positive. It is focused on who you are already in Christ. Who you, who you are placed into Jesus. And in Jesus, 
everything else is, is subdued. So you don't deny the problem. Um, you can ac acknowledge that it's there, but not foc focus on it. So influence is what are you aware of? So if you, are, if you see Jesus, what happens is, is if you see, I'm saying like, yes, you can physically see Jesus, but however he reveals himself, whether it's peace, it's love, it's in the word, it's in worship, and however he shows himself to you in the still small voice in your heart, um, don't play down the small things that God does in your life. Those things are precious, okay? So um, even in those things, if you can, if you see Jesus, what other people see when they look at you will, will be what you see of Jesus. You reflect. <laughs> you, you become what you behold. So as you be behold Jesus, so now you look at Jesus, you have you have intimate relationship with him, you experience his peace. Let's say let's say peace, for example. Suddenly like that's something God just continuously shows to you. You just see him as the peaceful one. In his presence there is peace. When other at some point when other people come near you, they're gonna experience the peace of God because that is what you are looking at. If you're constantly meditating on the forgiveness, on the blood the fact that you are forgiven and you forgive others and that is a flow in your life what happens when people get around you is they see that forgiveness um, if you really start to experience jesus as the pure one and you have fellowship with his purity and holiness and his presence um, what other people around you will get set free from from addictions and not just addictions they will start to see the purity and beauty of jesus because of that power that's manifested on your life, because you are seeing Jesus in that way. Okay, so you are looking at the light, and the light shines in you, uh, in your heart, and it, it then, then, then it shines out of you to the world. Okay, and that's how influence works. So what I'm aware of has an influence. And so that's why love, being under the influence of love is so important, because perfect love casts out fear. Fear is a different influence than the Spirit of God, okay? And, and it is through fear that other things try to have influence. But if we, if Jesus deals with the fear, the things in the world loses influence. And that's why God says so many times, do not worry, do not be anxious. He's, he speaks about peace because what happens is when we yield to the Spirit, the other things are displaced, it loses influence. And it loses the ability to influence your life. So as, and that is when you yield to truth. So the other things are not true. Even though it might feel real, it doesn't mean it's truth as God sees it. So as you look to Jesus and you yield to his truth, you experience his truth, his love for you, his peace for you, perfect love casts out fear. Perfect love, love is perfected in us receiving the love of God and loving others. So as we yield to his love and start to extend his love, fear is is put out of our lives and this confidence comes in us and joy comes and peace comes and and everything else is displaced okay so this was a lot of word in one message so uh, you can listen to this maybe 10 times uh if you want um i believe there's a lot of lot of truth in this that will that will really bless you i've been blessed while just just sharing with it so, um, so yeah, I declare over you, um, if you are a believer, that your sins are forgiven. And I pray over you that the Spirit of God will come upon your life in a mighty way. That you will hear His voice 
and that he will speak to you clearly, that you will be under the influence of grace and that the joy of the Lord, I pray right now for great joy to fill your life, joy that has the power to change your circumstances. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Awesome. Lastly, um, if you haven't given your life to Jesus, I just described to you what a life in Jesus looks like. It is the life of peace and joy and love. And, and, uh, and the more we yield to Jesus, the more we experience that. So I'm not saying we're always experiencing the fullness thereof, but it is what we have access to. And so we have received eternal life. Okay, so I want to give you the opportunity. If you haven't received Jesus and you want this, you want life, you want a relationship with God, you want your sins, the things that that burden you, that you feel guilty about, or or that you, yeah, that you, the hopelessness, if you want the hopelessness to go, if you want to receive hope, there is one hope, and that hope is in Jesus. That hope is Jesus. And so if you want that, um, just pray with me. Just say, Jesus, come into my life. Forgive all of my sins. Wash me clean with your blood. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. Come upon me with your Holy Spirit and power. Give me eternal life. Make me to be born again. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Awesome. Thank you for, um, for listening. This was a long message, but I believe I covered quite a few foundational um, things that can really help you in your relationship with God. And yeah, so have an amazing day. Thank you for listening. I was uplifted by this, and I really believe that God will uplift you and impart to you whatever he was um, speaking about tonight um, through me. And yeah, may you be blessed and have an amazing day.